This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He is here each and every week, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Ken, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Mike. Glad to be here with you. I look forward to uh, our guest today. This is going to be a great program just like last week. Yeah, it is. I've been excited about this one. Let me tell you first how, how, uh, how this happened. My wife, Terry, was working, listening to VCY, and... Uh, Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, was on. And and she sent me a text and said, I might have an idea for you on a guest. And this is the first time she's done that. And mm-hmm. I said, really? And she said, hey, you need to call me because this guy might be really good for you. And she wrote down all the information. And I called Forest Hill Church and uh, left a message for, for Pastor David's um, assistant or, or somebody there who called me back immediately on Tuesday and said, hey, let's talk about this. And I have to tell you, this thing was 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 great, and she was wonderful. She was so helpful, and we had some fun on the phone, and 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 uh, it's worked out really well. So our special guest today for the entire hour is Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. David, how you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Great to talk with you. Do you know, uh, Pastor Ken, you and I like to talk about how we could still knock down jump shots every once in a while? If you get me the ball, Mike, that's the key. Well, you know what? I'm not passing to you because you ain't ever going to pass it back. Let me tell you a little bit about the background of, of David Chadwick. He played for North Carolina. He played for Dean Smith, and he played in a Final Four. So you and I, if we're going, if we're going to get an old guy three on three, we're going to get Chadwick that, with us. That sounds really good to me. That sounds good to me, Mike. Uh, keep it going, buddy. David, can you rebound to play a little defense? Well, I don't know if I can do much of anything anymore. These knees start creaking at an older age, and so you just have to kind of move on and find other things. Mostly just living through your kids as they play sports. Yeah. Well, if we can find a, uh, you know, a. a Fifty and over three on three, and if I can sit in one corner and Pastor Ken can sit in the other corner, and you just and, keep and you do all the work, Dave. You rebound. We will cheer you on as an assist guy. Oh <laughs> we man, will... with friends like you, <laughs> exactly. Hey, but you know what, Dean Smith would he'd be uh, you'd be the guy that he'd be most proud of if you passed the ball. He, he That's liked, exactly right. He liked guys that got in a gap and kicked and 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 were unselfish players. Yeah, David, if, if we can start, uh, you know, when 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 Dean Smith passed away, um, I had a, uh, Chuck Sullivan, who I work with here at Intercom, told me a story that uh, that in his will he had them send a two hundred dollar check out 
um, to anybody who lettered for him with a note saying, uh, Coach Smith wants you to take your wife out to dinner. And yeah, I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about that story. Well, it's exactly true. Um, my wife and I were actually in Iowa, and our uh, second son is a swimmer at the University of Missouri, and he was swimming in the NCAAs. And a friend of mine here in Charlotte texted me and said, hey, congratulations on the $200 check from Coach Smith. And, and I thought to myself in reading the text, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> I had no clue. And then a friend of mine, Scott Fowler, who's a sports writer for the Charlotte Observer, called me soon thereafter and said, hey, what's this about a $200 check? And, and I said, Scott, I'm here in Iowa. I don't know what you're talking about. And he explained to me that, again, Coach Smith had written in his will and asked uh, Ken Breedlove here in Charlotte, his attorney, to make sure every one of his lettermen got a $200 check after he passed away so that they could take their wife out to dinner. What's most amazing about that is uh, he gave those instructions, obviously, five, six years ago while he was still cognizant. You know, he, he lost uh, his memory for the last five years or so. So he was thinking that far ahead, knowing that that neurocognitive disorder was beginning to rob him of one of his most precious commodities, his memory. And he made sure that he had that in his will because he wanted even from the grave to reach back and to love his players. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, I wrote this recent book entitled It's How You Play the Game. It's coming out very, very soon, and it's on Coach Smith's life and leadership. The book was practically finished, and then when this uh, news of the check having arrived came, I called my editor, a Harvest House Publishers in Eugene, Oregon, and I said, this has got to be a part of the book. And so quickly, immediately, I wrote an outtake, and we put it into the book, and it's there, uh, the whole idea of him blessing his players even from the grave. That is just a tremendous um, testimony to Coach Dean Smith's love for his players, uh, Pastor David. I, I, I tell you, that. I, have, have you heard from many of the players? Has that been something talked about amongst the guys, or is just um, everybody's just kind of awestruck of it? Or Well, I think all of us were surprised by it, and when we get together, we obviously talk about it. But the biggest debate was, well, should I frame it and right. keep it uh, you know, in a – some kind of uh, picture frame and hang it someplace because it's so amazing, or should I go ahead and, and cash it in and uh, maybe take my wife out to dinner or maybe give it away? It's, it's interesting. Um, one friend of mine did actually frame it. He didn't cash it. He just wants to remember Coach Smith that way. Another former player uh, gave the money to the poor because wow. he said that's where Coach Smith would have given it, and I'm convinced. And then Bobby Jones, who was an All-American back in the 1970s, lives here in Charlotte, said, I learned long ago you do exactly what Coach Smith tells you to do. <laughs> I'm taking my wife out to dinner. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> you probably, I'm sure you probably ran uh, sprints if you didn't do what he told you to do. Oh my, how many sprints we ran when we didn't do what he told us to do? <laughs> do you know Ch Chuck Sullivan here uh, and I had that conversation, and I said I, I have to tell you, there's no chance that I could have cashed it. I would have framed it, and I would want to be able to look at it and, and remember him. And Chuck said, well, what would the dollar amount be? And I go, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred, but 200, I think that I would frame it. I think I'd be in that camp. Uh, just a wonderful, um, just an expression of, of his love for the guys that played for him. Yeah, that, that was the bottom line. Uh, we were his family. And you talk to guys who played for him, whether it was in the NBA or at the Olympic level, wherever it was, and we'd all talk about him being like a, a surrogate father, a godfather, and we being in his family. And other guys just didn't understand it. They didn't have that kind of experience with their college coach. But that really is true. He cared about his players 
more than he did himself. And I think that was what made him especially unique mm-hmm. as a coach. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He played uh, at uh, UNC from 1968 to 1971. Uh, he is the senior pastor at Forest Hill Church. Uh, you also wrote a book, uh, The Twelve Leadership Principles of Dean Smith. When, when was that written? Well, I actually wrote that one back in uh, 1999. And uh, a friend of mine here in Charlotte uh, underwrote me flying all over the country and talking with people. And uh, that book uh, did pretty well. Uh, it eventually ran its course. And then when Coach Smith passed away on fe- February the 7th, uh, I was in a conversation with Harvest House Publishers about another book. And I casually mentioned to them, hey, you know, some people have said to me that if Coach Smith passed away, I ought to have his book republished. And I offered it to them, and they took it immediately. And so I rewrote about a fourth of it, maybe even a third of it, and uh, it's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. So that's been exciting. It's a rewrite of that book that I wrote back in uh, 1999. Pastor David, what? Uh, just share a little bit more about Coach Smith. I mean, playing for him. Yeah. How you? Uh, I mean, maybe a highlight uh, for you personally with him uh, uh, in, in those days that you're playing for uh, North Carolina. Well, I think it was uh, the day that he looked at me and said, "You know, you could be a significant part of this program. Here are the things that you need to work on, and if you'll do these three things: get faster, get quicker, get stronger." do these kind of drills during the summertime, I really think you could be a significant contributor. And that came after my sophomore year when I didn't get to play a whole lot, and I wondered if I could ever even play at North Carolina, much less the ACC. But when he sat down and encouraged me and told me he believed in me and that he really thought I could contribute, I went home and I did everything he told me to do during the summer. I worked so hard in those three areas, and I came back stronger, bigger, faster, quicker, And sure enough, I got to start four games. I got to play a lot of minutes. Uh, I began to really see significant progress in my ability to contribute to the team. And it all became because he said to me, I believe in you. I think you could be a good player. And those words stimulated me to become the good player I ultimately became. I mean, the power of an encouraging word. I mean, that's a testimony of it right there. It really is. Proverbs 18.21 says that life and death is in the tongue, and many people know how edifying words can make your life meaningful, how negative words can destroy you for a life. And Coach Smith knew the power of positive words. One of my favorite stories didn't happen on a team I played on, but they were playing Louisville in the game that would get them to the Final Four. They were down by four with about 30 seconds to go. Coach Smith called timeout. The players came over to the bench. You could tell they were a little forlorn, thinking maybe the game was over. He sat down in front of them. He said, hey, guys, isn't this fun? (laughs) <laughs> We've got them right where we want them to be. And he, then he said, hey, and there are 10,000 high school players around the country right now who'd love to be in your position. Then he turned to one of the guys and said, hey, Vince, Vince Carter, by how many do you think we're going to win? And he went, uh, one coach. And then he turned to another player and said, how many do you think we're going to win by? And the coach went, uh, uh, two. And then he turned to Antoine James and he said, Twan. He said, by how many do you think we're going to win? And Antoine James said, coach, we're going to win by four. And they won by four in overtime. <laughs> you know, well, that's a great story. That a phenomenal story. And, and and I've talked about Chuck Sullivan a couple of times in this segment, but he gave me one more story. He, uh, Coach Smith, um, and this was uh, probably ten years ago or so. And he was at some event, and there was a lot of people, and and he had to get 
to another event, and he had guys with him uh, to get him to his car to be taken to another event, and they're running late. So his guys were like, come on, coach, we got to go, we got to go. And there was a young guy standing off to the young kid standing off the side with his hand out and had a North Carolina hat on. And he stopped, and they said, Coach, we don't have time. He said, no, no, stop. He went over and shook the young man's hand. He said, you want an autograph? The young man gave him his, his cap, and he signed it. And the guy said, look, Coach, we really have to go. He said, stop. You have no idea if this young man will grow up to be about 6'8 and can, can, can shoot a little bit. I need to stop and say hello to him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? The, these guys just said, you're right, Coach, no problem. And I just love stories like that. Yeah. Well, know, let me I, give you another one. This was happened after his retirement, uh, again, before the dementia set in. But it was, I think, in the year 2008 or so. He was at a Chapel Hill restaurant with a dear friend of his. And the waitress knew who he was, was very nervous serving him. And he could tell her nervousness. So finally, at the end of the meal, he turned to her and said, is there anything I can do for you? And she said, oh, coach, I would just give anything if you would give me your autograph. He said, well, sure. And he took a napkin and said, what's your name? And he signed her name on it and said, best wishes, and then gave his name and then gave it to her. And she just thought she'd inherited the greatest treasure on the face of the earth. And then he said, well, before you leave, I want you to do something for me. She said, coach, what do you want me to do for you? He said, handed her a napkin and said, I want your autograph. Oh, and wow. she said, what? He said, no, I want your autograph. He said, because what you do, serving tables, is every bit as important as what I did coaching a stupid basketball team. Oh, man. Wow. Well, that's <laughs> a powerful story. It, it is. Yeah. Hey, guys. Great we're, man. Yeah, great man. We're, we're going to continue our conversation with Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's a number of ways that, that you can either reach out or, or find out more about David. You can go to forresthill.org, forresthill.org. You can follow him at Twitter uh, at FH David Chadwick. Let me just tell you, here's my favorite part. I, I, I just started following him on Twitter today. And uh, this is his description. Lover of Jesus, his word, his church, my wife, kids, grandchildren, and hoops. In that order. <laughs> David Chadwick, you know what? That, I immediately hit follow. Boom, follow. <laughs> He's got uh, books. You can go to Amazon or ChristianBook.com and uh there, there's a, a couple of books that are but are they both coming out to how to play the game is that a, a totally new book or is that a rewrite yeah it, it's a totally new rewrite of the 12 leadership principles of Dean Smith I wrote about 16 years ago and this one's entitled it's how you play the game uh, then dash the 12 leadership principles of Dean Smith it really is emphasizing as he did what's most important isn't whether uh, you win or lose it really is most important how you play the game and it's tips on how coach Smith taught us to live and lead our lives. And one other way that you can, uh, and, and I started looking at these today, we're going to talk about these as the show goes on. You can go to davidchadwick.org slash blog, and there's a, I read a number of his blog postings, and, and there's a couple that are really relevant to some of the things that we've discussed on this, uh, on this show that we're going to get to uh, later on in the show. Let's get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's the pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest for the entire hour. He is from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, Pastor David Chadwick. Uh, Pastor, we, we had uh, went to a break with me talking about uh, finding some of the things that, that, that you do. And, and again, for people that, to, to follow him on Twitter, it's at uh, FH David Chadwick. Again, my favorite lover of Jesus, his word, his church, my wife, kids, grandchildren, and hoops in that order. I just, that, that maybe hit follow immediately. Um, if we can, let's talk about your background and where you grew up and, and how you got to, to, uh, to North Carolina to play basketball, I guess. Yeah, you bet. I was born in North Carolina. My dad was a pastor, so we moved around a lot, moved from Charlotte to Kansas City and spent three years there, then moved to uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, and by that point, I'd grown to my present height around six, eight. And began to get a little coordinated, and I uh, began to get a little bit of a name for myself. I began to get recruited, and uh, Coach Smith wrote me a letter and said he was interested in recruiting me. I filled out the form, and one day in the stands, I looked up, and there he was. And I couldn't believe that a school of that prestige and of his notoriety would particularly be interested in me, but uh, they kept recruiting me, kept coming after me, and eventually, at the end of my senior year, they offered me a scholarship, and I signed. And in 1967, went into North Carolina, played there four years. As you mentioned, played one Final Four. Uh, we won the NIT championship my senior year. Uh, that was when it was especially still a very prestigious tournament. Only 16 teams went to the NCAA, and the other 16, next 16, went to the NIT. And we blew through that and won it. Uh, we'd lost going to the NCAA back when the ACC tournament. Only one team could go, and that was the winner of the tournament. We wow. won the regular season wow. hmm. and got upset in the finals of the ACC tournament by one point on a freak play. Oh. Uh, those things happen in life. But uh, we went on then and won the NIT. So had a great career, a wonderful time there. And after that, I went to the European Professional Leagues and played for three years over there and then came back and uh, worked for a couple of years as a graduate assistant at the University of Florida, still trying to figure out what God wanted for my life. And then I felt that undeniable, unalterable call uh, after those two years and went into seminary and have been at Forestville Church in Charlotte since 1980. Pastor David, tell one aspect on Faith in the Zone that we love to hear about is how your journey, I mean, when you began your journey of faith with, with Jesus Christ, we'd love to love for you to share that story of your testimony with us. Well, thank you. Um, my mom and dad obviously planted seeds of faith within me uh, growing up in a pastor's home. They both were dedicated to the Lord. Uh, I probably look back on those years and realize my faith was more caught than taught. Mm -hmm. um, I saw them live their lives for the Lord. And then I was at an FCA conference in Black Mountain, North Carolina, my senior year in high school. And for whatever reason, suddenly the gospel made sense to me, the idea that I had sinfulness in my life and I needed it to be forgiven, and Jesus died in my place on the cross, and that by grace through faith, not of my works, because I can never work enough to be perfect in the sight of a perfect holy God, God gave me the grace gift of forgiveness and eternal life, and I accepted that, and I've been trying to live for him ever since. And I'm sure you've been giving out that message. That is a wonderful testimony, and, a, and, and yet for each of us that know Christ personally, a great message that he's commissioned us to give to people. And um, I can just sense that you've been giving out that message, uh, Pastor David. That's tremendous. Well, that's my weekly, regular message I love to give. There's no other better news in all of the world. That is the good news, that we're forgiven of our sins, and now by grace through faith, not of our works, we have eternal life. 
And I probably ought to add that, you know, people through the years have nurtured that faith, have uh, planted their seeds of faith in my life, and one of those was Coach Dean Smith. Mm. Uh, Coach Smith had a very real faith. It was meaningful to him. And uh, throughout the years before his dementia occurred and his ultimate death, he would communicate regularly with me, articles he enjoyed, um, cassette tapes, remember those things (laughs) that he used to love and listen to, and he'd send them to me. Um, just a great man, and my faith was nurtured by, of course, my dad and mom primarily, but also by people like Coach Smith through the years. Uh, David, would you, would uh, Coach Smith, uh, was he openly a strong Christian man? Would he talk about his faith? Oh, yes, very much so. Um, we would have the Lord's Prayer before every game. Uh, he had a Jewish player on the team when I played, but he just said to him, this is my faith commitment, and uh, I hope it doesn't offend you, and it didn't. Uh, he had uh, some Muslim players on his team later on, the same thing. He would say, this is where I stand, but I respect your faith, too. Uh, he was very open about it. He spoke regularly at FCA conferences. FCA Magazine did a huge article on him one time. So his faith was not a private faith. He was very open about it. You know, we didn't agree on every issue. Uh, he had, in some cases, some positions that I didn't necessarily agree with him on, but he was very respectful of me and I him, and we dialogued about those differences on regular bases. He was just a good and honorable man, had a great compassion for racial justice. He was the one who integrated North Carolina's basketball team back in the mid-1960s. Charlie Scott was the first African-American athlete in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and Coach Smith hated that in Chapel Hill during that time period there was segregation. So he went into a restaurant in 1959 with a seminary student and a pastor and demanded that they serve the black seminary student. And uh, when you're the assistant coach at that point of uh, the University of North Carolina's basketball team, you do what that coach wants. And he helped break down the racial barriers, and it was largely and mostly because of his deeply held Christian belief that the ground at the foot of the cross is level, and all people are equal in the sight of God. Amen. Amen. We're mm-hmm. talking to Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill North Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He played for, uh, for Coach Dean Smith. Uh, from 1968 to 1971, and he's now the senior pastor again at Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, Pastor David, you were talking, uh, you know, about the wonderful opportunity, the good news, the gospel. I, I heard J. Vernon McGee say that uh, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He says that could be preached every Sunday. <laughs> well, he's right. Yeah, he is right. It, it doesn't. It's good news and never gets the old news. Boy, you're, you're exactly right. What uh, What are some opportunities that God's given to you? Pastor David, with um, your platform, God's obviously given you a platform in sports and being there at the University of North Carolina to uh, reach out with the gospel to others. I'd just be interested in some of the scenarios God's opened up for you in that way. Well, thank you. Uh, You know, here in Charlotte, uh, I have a weekly radio program on a secular station uh, that has allowed me to speak uh, faith and values and the gospel truth to Uh, thousands upon thousands here in the city who like that station but might not ever come to church, and that's been a great privilege. Um, The Lord's also opened up some doors with television for me that uh, I've been grateful for. Um, I have become one of the speakers of Back to the Bible broadcast now, which broadcasts all over the nation. That's been a wonderful opportunity and privilege. Uh, Harvest House Publishers, which is publishing my most recent book, It's How You Play the Game, uh, The Twelve Leadership Principles of Dean Smith, has offered me some more book deals that give me the opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, But mostly I'm thrilled that God has given me more of an international platform. Uh, The church I pastor now has missions work in India, 
Uh, we have missions work in Central Africa. We have missions work in Northern South America. We have missions work all throughout the Caribbean. Um, we have missions work in Lebanon. And we've especially targeted unreached peoples groups. You know, in mm-hmm. India alone, yep. there are 400,000 people who have 400,000 uh, people who've never heard the name of Jesus. And so we've taken seriously trying to reach those people for the Lord. So God has opened many doors for me. I've been eternally grateful, and I'll walk through as many others that he opens up for me uh, until I go home to be with him. That's awesome. Hey, we have got to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, I really want to kind of talk a little bit about uh, a couple of the blogs that that, that you posted uh, that I think are, again, some of the guests that we've had and a lot of the listeners that we have uh, here to this show that I've had conversations with, and I and I, I wanted to get uh, your take. One is uh, the the title is Smart Man. It's Romans four twenty two that I think is is really fitting to to some of the conversations that we've had on the show and conversations with with people that I've had that listen to the show. And you can check out some of these blogs, davidchadwick.org slash blog, um, and 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 read it for yourself. I think it's a great website. You can also go to Forest Hill. Uh, .org to get more information on Pastor David Chadwick. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Uh, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest, and he's been great. I have to tell you, Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, before I we went to a, uh, the break, I talked a little bit about a couple of the blogs that I, that I read today. And again, you can you can check these out at davidchadwig.org slash blog. And you wrote one, um, Smart Man, uh, Romans 4.22. I, I have to tell you, David, I, was, uh, I went to Catholic schools, went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. And, you know, I was told, and I was told as a young man to carry that Bible. You don't have to worry about what's in it carry it we'll tell you what's in it and you have to do good works make sure you're doing good works and i was telling pastor ken before we we called you that you know i thought if i if i helped a lady across the street with her groceries that i could go ahead and go get in a fist fight because now i'm even now i'm even no worries you know what and if i got in two fist fights then i better i better help two ladies across the street because again i better make sure that i'm even and not until you know, we not until my wife started going to a church called Eastside Baptist, and and uh, I would sit at home on Sundays and help her get the kids in the car and say, "Don't drink the Kool Aid at that church you're going to." And I'd sit down <laughs> to watch a little football, and then you know, I was at a bad place in my life, and uh, and needed to, to 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 find out what was so exciting to her about what was going on at uh, at, at church, and then they said, "Well, open the Bible, let's read it together," and I was like, "What?" Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't know. So I'm reading Smart Man that that you wrote. Um, and it says uh, that is why his faith is, uh, was counted to him as righteousness. And what the the, the line that jumped out to me, um, we can we can work as many good works as possible, yet still not have enough uh, quotes unquote counted 
by God to declare us righteous. If we can never do enough good works to be counted as righteous, what is our what is our only other option? And I, I that just jumped off the page to me. And so thank you so much for writing that. But that's kind of what I thought growing up. And I think it's important that guys that are listening who who have asked me these questions understand that that doing good works is not it's just not going to get you to where you want to go well if i could put it simply mike it would be this uh god is perfectly holy uh we're far from him so the question we've all got to ask is how do we enter into the presence of a holy god there are two options either we can do it or it has to be done for us in fact i would argue that there aren't thousands of worlds religions there are two you either do enough to earn God's favor and achieve your righteousness, or it has to be done for you by God to give you it to you as a free gift. And the truth is, if God is holy and we're not, we could work until the end of times, but we could never do enough because of our own selfish nature to earn God's credits to be counted on as righteous in His presence. So if that's tacitly impossible, and I think most people, if they're honest with themselves, know they've not come close to perfection and perfect holiness— then the only other option is God has to become one of us and live the perfect life that we can't live, and then take the punishment that God should uh, bestow upon us, upon himself, and then offer us forgiveness, not based on our works, but only because of his grace. And, and that has been done for us through Jesus, 33 years living the righteous requirements of the law that we can't live, and then dying in our place on the cross, taking the wrath of God upon himself instead of us. And then we receive, again, that gift of eternal life. It has been done for us. So everybody's got to ask, is there religion, do or done? And every religion falls into one of those two categories, all and do, except one, which is the Christian faith, which says it's been done for us by grace through faith. And I'd add this caveat that works aren't unimportant, but works are the result of grace by faith. We're not saved by our works. We are saved for good works. And good works prove that we've been saved by grace through faith, but they can never, ever earn us righteousness to God. Yeah, Pastor David, I usually just share with folks on the on the works that it's like a PS for me to just say thank you to God for what he's done for me on that cross. You know, I, I just can't do enough to say thank you to the Lord for his willingness to take my punishment. And uh, absolutely, it's a, yeah. you know, and uh, it's in- interesting over the last several years how different movies have come out. You know, I think of the, the passion that came out and and how people flock to see that. And and yet, you know, I, I know people were left at, well, why did he do that? I mean, why, why did he why did he go on ahead and, and take that beating and take that time on the cross? And and that's the message of the gospel. He did it for he did it for you and me. He, oh, did, exactly. it for, he did it for the world. Yeah, that, that that crown of thorns should have been our crown of thorns. It sure and should that have. Beating should have been our beating, and the spear should have been our spear, and the nails our nails, that mm-hmm. um, he was the substitutionary atonement, to use the fancy biblical term, uh, for us. That he took the punishment due us upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. It, A, gives you an insight into how severe our sin is, that it deserves that kind of punishment, but B, it gives you an idea of the extraordinary love of God that he would take it upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. Absolutely. He is Pastor David Chadwick from Forest, Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can uh, go to foresthill.org and and listen to some of his messages. You can uh, f- certainly do what I did today and 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 follow him on Twitter. He's got some just some great tweets. Uh, it's at fh david chadwick again. Lover of Jesus, his word, his church, my wife, kids, grandchildren, and hoops. 
in that order. That's that's my favorite. David, before we get to a break, uh, how many kids do you have? I have three kids. Uh, my daughter is my oldest child, and she's married to Ryan. They've just planted a church here in the Charlotte area. They have three children, our grandchildren. My joke is, if I'd known grandparenting was so much fun, I'd have skipped parenting altogether. You and me both, <laughs> brother. Amen to that. I have a son, David, who is just graduating from Valparaiso University. He was a scholarship basketball player there. And my third son, Michael, is a scholarship swimmer at the University of Missouri. So oh, I'm wow. grateful Good for, for the three children that God's given me. Yeah. That's awesome. As, as Pastor Ken said, he's got four sons. I've got a son and a daughter. And um, son Matthew got a chance to play at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, a little basketball. Uh, Pastor Ken's sons, uh, they played, uh, all of them played, right? Yeah, all of them played. At Lancaster, uh, down mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. And uh, so we're all, you know, all of us have, not only did we coach, did you coach at all, David? Uh, I coached my son uh, for some years and when he was playing AAU basketball. And then I coached uh, at the University of Florida as a graduate That's right. two years in my pilgrimage toward ministry so mm-hmm. we've all we've all coached and we've all been parents having to sit in the uh in the stands as somebody yeah. else coaches <laughs> our son i it's it's uh both are tough don't you think uh, absolutely they're tough again? absolutely they're tough and I want to. I'd rather play the game than watch my sons play. Absolutely, <laughs> no. Or, pl- or play against them. You know. Yeah. I mean, oh, they, they, <laughs> I, I tell you, I'd rather coach them. I, you know, I felt like I still had a little control when I was coaching Matthew, but when I had to sit in the in the uh, stands as he played in college. He, he set up in the top row. He would even I sit. Know. He, he set up in the top yeah. row of the gym. I tried I to sit by him. Totally. I didn't want anybody sitting by me. I didn't want you to know what I was saying under my breath, guys. We got to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we will uh, have one segment left with Pastor David Chadwick of Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone. A journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest for the entire hour, Pastor David Chadwick, Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can go to forresthill.org um, again, or you can follow him and 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 do what I did today. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, fh david chadwick. Uh, also, the books uh, that that your book coming out again. It's 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 a a new book. Um, it's how to play the game. Uh, who is the publisher again, David? Publishers Harvest House Publishers in Eugene, Oregon, and it should be out now. You can get it on Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, and it's going to be in the bookstores very soon. That that's excellent. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. I'm looking forward to. Uh, to picking it up. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot uh, here on this show is because we have a lot of coaches um, and, and some coaches from public schools, uh, David, then, and one of the questions that we get a lot is, is from these guys, look, I, I want to be able to share my faith. It's hard to do in a public school setting. I'm wondering what advice you might give to them as, as, uh, as basketball or football coaches. 
Well, I think, first of all, they've got to understand their school's policy and how strict it may be. Uh, getting that information probably helps a lot. I think, secondly, they can understand that they can throw it in there from time to time and it, it not be very offensive. You know, when you're uh, on the court and you might refer to something like, hey, helping one another is, is the essence of who God made us to be. I mean, those kind of little comments ex- certainly express your faith and let people know where you stand. If the school's open to it, uh, you know, prayers before games uh, mm-hmm. that are generic. I've learned in my life, if I pray the prayer uh, in the name of the one I personally know as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that is very not offensive to people. I'm acknowledging mm-hmm. that I know there are people out there who don't have that as their basis for prayer, but it's my basis for prayer. And, and again, most people are very open to that kind of thing. And finally, I'd say, if you live your life in such a way uh, mm-hmm. that it expresses faith, it, it's generally caught. I, I shared earlier how my mom and dad taught me a lot, but I think I mostly caught my faith from them. And and that speaks loudly to, to kids. Um, who was it? Uh, was it a, a CC who said to preach the gospel and, if necessary, say something? Mm, now, now, God yeah. gave us words, and we're supposed to say something, but on the other hand, our actions speak a lot louder than our words, so I'd encourage coaches to live their faith and create a thirst and hunger in the hearts of their kids. Why are you living this way? What makes you different? Yeah, someone told me your walk talks a lot louder than your talk talks. Right, and, uh, right, exactly. You know, I just, uh, you know, when I was uh, coaching a 6A school in, in Denver, I I just would have guys come over to the house, and then also, uh, you know, we'd have their families come over, have a meal with them, and go out and shoot some basketball and just... Just be real with them. And I was always amazed, too, that they wanted to know why, why I wouldn't use profanity. Interesting. Well, yeah. that's, that's Coach Smith. In my four years there, I never heard him cuss once. And I've talked to all the players that I know of who played for him. They never heard him cuss once. I asked him once, Coach, why did you never curse? And his answer was interesting. He said, I just don't want people to know I'm very dumb. He said, I can always <laughs> think of a better word. <laughs> that is a great line, I tell you. That, that, that's yeah. a great line. Hey, when you look back at, at on those days, and, and, and I'm sure that the guys that you played with, um, if, if you keep in contact with your you have a reunion, there you've got to be able to fill a week full of time with, with Coach Miss stories. Oh, easily. I mean, I could fill days' worth of times with Coach Smith's story. The, the book I just wrote that we've referred to, it's How You Play the Game, coming out now, has story after story after story of it uh, from my perspective and also former players' perspective, uh, giving insights into Coach Smith. One I love is going back to the cursing illustration. I interviewed Bob Knight for the book, you know, the great coach from Indiana, mm-hmm. and I asked him the difference between him and Coach Smith. He paused for a second and said, well, Coach Smith's the master of the four corners offense. I'm the master of the four-letter word. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about that four-corner offense. I mean, you had to be there during uh, during the days of that big four-corner offense. Yeah, I was, and, and it got a lot of uh, debate, pro and con. All I can tell you is well, the clock Smith came. He was a mathematician, and he came up with the reality that we won 80-plus percent of our games if we were ahead and went into the four corners five minutes or less. I mean, who didn't want to win, and who wouldn't take those odds? Well, you know, <laughs> I just— held up the four corners, we went, yay, go for it. Yeah, I just saw—I uh, don't know if it was in ESPN magazine or what, but it was showing after his death— in honor of his four-corner offense, the UNC team this year went into the four-corner uh, offense. Did, did you, yeah. did, did you yeah, remember seeing that. that? Yeah, Roy Williams, in the game after Coach Smith died, uh, held up four 
fingers, the symbol oh, of Coach man. Smith back when, and they went into the four corners, and they actually scored on it. They did. So cool. <laughs> they did. And, and, you know, another great thing about the book is that Roy Williams agreed to write the forward to it, and wow. it's just a very touching and moving forward that he wrote to the book. I really appreciated him doing that. Are, are you still a big uh, Tar Heel fan? Because if you are, I feel bad that the Badgers had to knock you out of that tournament oh, this year. Oh, gosh. I am still a big uh, UNC fan, and, and go Badgers. They did well. Hey, in fact, one of the guys in, in the church I pastor down here is Brad Norkman, who used to oh, kick sure. for the Badgers. And Brad's become a good friend, and uh, we always joke about the, the Badgers having knocked out the heels. Yeah, mm. I, I believe he uh, played uh, high school football uh, at Brookfield Central here in Wisconsin, I think. That that's probably right. I, I I do know that it was somewhere in your area. Yeah. Well, you know, would you? Uh, I'd sure like to uh, reach out to him, and, and uh, it'd be nice for me to finally have a, another Badger fan. We we uh, the last yeah. couple of weeks when uh, Coach uh, Pastor Ken is from Oklahoma, and originally we've had a couple of Oklahoma guys on. We had a guy from Texas that knew. Oh, wait, all we about had Tom, we had Tommy Nelson on. Tommy last Nelson week. You, you was familiar on? with Tommy Nelson down at Denton Bible Church. Yeah, yeah, sure. I know of him. Yeah, we we had him on last week. He he played football at North Texas State. He uh, he was really good. He was enjoyable. If you miss that broadcast, you can go back and pick it up. Yeah, faithinthezone dot com for for that. Hey, when we were talking about our families a little while ago, um, your sons had had interest in sports uh, right away. Was that something that that you thought was important for for them as they grew? Absolutely. Um, David, my oldest son, uh, was throwing. Uh, balled up socks into a lampshade uh, when he was two years old. <laughs> I mean, you could tell the kid was going to love hoops, and he got to be six nine. So uh, it was easy for him to follow that. M- Michael, though, was not as good in basketball. He's a little short; he's about six six. But he jumped into a pool when he was about eight, and he hadn't gotten out since. Yeah. And he he <laughs> holds awesome. three Missouri records now, and uh, he's really a, a good swimmer. So they both learned a lot about life through sports. And Marilyn, my wife, and I are pleased that they learned so much discipline and hard work, perseverance, working together, all those things that sports teaches you is almost a microcosm of the macrocosm of life. Mm. We're talking to Pastor David Chadwick from Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pastor, we've had uh, Homer Drew and Bryce Drew mm-hmm. on the show, and, and it was interesting um, when we had uh, we had Bryce on, he talked about what, how he recruits, and, and he's not afraid to talk about who he is um, and, and, and about his faith. Do you remember the, the recruiting process for your son? Was that something that was talked about? Well, we would have hoped that he would play for a Christian coach. And I knew Bryce back when he played for the Hornets back in the 1990s. I was the chaplain to the Hornets, and Bryce and I became friends. In fact, Bryce met his wife while he was here in Charlotte, and I ended up marrying Bell. Oh, wow. That's, that oh, that, that, that's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, he, hey, he got right but, into your living room to talk about your <laughs> son, I mean, didn't we, he? Our conversation during recruiting had a little to do with David and more with getting caught up, you know? Sure. Oh, <laughs> that's but we, I mean, Bryce was unabashed about his faith, and we knew it, and that was very attractive to us. And, and interestingly, if you got to know the other assistant coaches, Roger Powell, uh, who played at Illinois, Luke Gore, and uh, Matt Lodwick, and all the guys that are there, they're they're all very very committed Christians, and Bryce has made that an important part of his life, his statement, his witness, and uh, that that's been very attractive for us. We're just so thankful David was able to play in that kind of environment. Hey, Pastor David, uh, you're talking about the kids, you know, throwing balls and socks all early on. Was Marilyn Marilyn enjoy sports, uh, or did she just like going and watching them, or was she active in sports before you all met, or? 
Well, you know, she never played sports herself, but uh, like myself, she was uh, raised during a time when cheerleading was the big thing that girls who were athletic did. So she did cheer. She was a swimmer, interestingly, so that must be where my son Michael got it from. Um, she enjoyed seeing our kids play sports. She, if she was on this program right now, she would say, um, I demanded the kids play some kind of sports because they were more sane, <laughs> they <Yeah>. were nicer, <laughs> uh, and actually they did better academically when yep. they were involved athletically. Well, uh, you, so she enjoyed the sports. She'd go to the games and watch with me. Yeah, well, you were talking about that earlier. I mean, sports is a microcosm of life. I mean, God shapes us with disappointments and hurts. And I would just usually share with my boys, guys, if you lose or if you fail at something, that that's not a disgrace if you did your best. I mean, God right. says, I want you to, you know, to, to not do your best is a sin. And so... Uh, you know that would you just could see the opportunities to teach and to even coach them. Would, you know through that. Yeah. Would you Mike. tell your boys that when they were playing for me? Absolutely. You would? I, absolutely. I would tell them, hey, <laughs> whatever, co- whatever coach Mike McGivern uh, tells you guys to do, you do it, and you do it with all your heart. That's remember, exactly what you're supposed to do. This is, remember, we're on faith in the zone. And that's here. exactly <laughs> I, I. That is exactly what I would tell my boys, Mike. That, they, you know hey, what? Pastor David, they played basketball here at Calvary Baptist of Menominee Falls because Mike McGivern was the assistant coach. I loved watching how he would invest in kids, and uh, he's still investing in people. So that's why that's why they thing. that's why they ended there, and uh, we've enjoyed Mike McGivern since. I appreciate that. You know why they played for me? Because they could knock down jump shot after jump <laughs> shot after jump <laughs> after jump shot. What was funny to me, too, is his four boys are, are really different. I mean, they're all really good athletes, but way different personalities. So it was kind of interesting to weave through through that, but it certainly was uh, was awfully the, fun. The most embarrassing po- part of it all, Pastor David, is when they were interviewed about anything with sports, they would always say they got their athletic ability from their mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Lord just used that to keep you humble. Oh, I'm humbled, all right. Trust me. <laughs> hey, guys, this has been a, a great show for me, and, 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 and Pastor David, I just really, really appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the good work at Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And again, you can check uh, him out and the church out at foresthill.org. You can follow David on, on Twitter at FH. Uh, David Chadwick. Again, I, I would do that and and pick up the book. Go to Amazon and uh, it's uh, it's how to play the game. And Pastor uh, Pastor is the the author, and it's just I think from listening to you, I can't wait to pick it up. It's going to be a great book, talking a little bit about the life of Dean Smith and 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 how important he was into your life. No question, and it was a book of love written for him, uh, obviously to honor his great life and the numbers, I mean, thousands, tens of thousands of people he touched uh, because he really didn't know how to play the game. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you so much, Pastor David, for being with us. I've just thoroughly enjoyed it, and I love your passion. I love your passion for the Word and for the good news of the Gospel. Keep it up. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the time being with you. You bet. Uh, again, Pastor David Chadwick, Forest Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Guys, thanks for listening. If you've missed a show, you can check us out at faithinthezone.com. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. 
Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.